0: Welcome back to the Mackinac Michigan show brought to you by the Mackinac Center's Frank Beckman Center for Journalism here on WJR. I'm Kelly Cobb. I'm Jarrett Scorup. And minimum wage just went up to $10.10 at the -hmm. start of the year. Just had a jump. But a legal battle could increase that dramatically to over $13, I think, as soon as next month. We've got Justin Winslow. He's the head of the Michigan Restaurant and Lodging Association on the line. Justin, thanks for coming on the show.
1: Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
0: So first, can you kind of lay out what's happened here? Uh, Can you explain how this court case came about and what sort of arguments are being hashed out in the courtroom right now about the minimum wage?
1: Well, happy to and try not to go too much into the weeds. here. Keep it it for the layman. Keep it for me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It all goes back. I think people think of this now as a a minimum wage specific issue. It really is a constitutional issue around what the legislature can and can do with potential ballot issues, uh, citizen-initiated laws. And it goes back to 2018. There were two ballot proposals, one around the minimum wage and one around uh, paid sick time off for workers that the legislature made the effort to adopt them, uh, which means they went off of the ballot or they did not get to the ballot. Um, the legislature adopted them, making them law, but before they would be implemented, uh, enacted an amended version of them, making them a little less onerous for business uh, small businesses and large businesses alike, frankly, uh, and, and and therein lies the challenge. Uh, a, a lawsuit came uh, several years later. Nope, that's several years later uh, mm-hmm. is, is when a lawsuit was uh, filed in 2021 claiming unconstitutional what the legislature did. A court of claims judge, uh, to my surprise, frankly, uh, agreed with him, uh, and that set off a, a tailspin starting in last July that that these 2018 laws is originally adopted. We're going to uh, be thrust into into law uh, changing three years worth of, of understanding by businesses in Michigan. And so we've been watching very closely. Uh, we've seen a court of appeals hearing that happened in December that would challenge that ruling. And we're waiting on that ruling right now. So Businesses right now are in that in-between where they don't know whether the status quo as they've experienced it for the last several years is going to continue to go forward or whether a rather abrupt change to how they do business, and for restaurants specifically, a very scary change to how they do business is coming in the near future.
2: Yeah, on that point, on the scary change. So everywhere I drive right now, I see Burger King hiring at 14 bucks an hour. I think there's a lot of, there's just such a need for workers right now, and that might tailor off at some point. But we're talking about most jobs that are paying well above the mandated minimum wage. Um, so w- and so for your point, why, why do you feel that this is scary for, for businesses?
1: Well, I think the minimum wage would be a bit of a jump overall. But to your point, I think it's less about the top line minimum wage and more for full service restaurants, restaurants mm-hmm. that use uh, tipped employees, servers, if you will, uh, that there's a, a law that exists in Michigan, exists in 43 states that allows tipped employees to be made to paid a lower cash wage from their employer as long as tips make up the difference to at least the minimum wage. Mm-hmm. I think if anyone's dined in a restaurant, you know that that isn't even remotely close to true for most servers. In fact, in 2022, the average server in Michigan was making over $25 an hour. Uh, not too bad. Uh, right. work but that's that's where the rub is right now and if, if, if you eliminate that tip minimum wage that's dramatic and, and challenging to the uh, to the restaurant usually a small business uh, running that restaurant and the ability to adopt what is a more than 200 percent increase overnight in their in their labor costs at a time that they're still struggling post pandemic and mm-hmm. so that's couldn't think of a worse possible time but that's that's the rub it's the tip credit side it's how it impacts tipped employees
2: yeah, I I have a big um, annoyance a lot with how this minimum minimum wage is portrayed. I mean, if you look at polls, most people they always say we should hike the minimum wage. They have a tough time thinking of it. Uh, a lot of the media coverage, um, the minimum wage employees are 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 you know a single mom who's this is their only source of income. It's just wildly different than the the reality of this. And and I tell people from the policy perspective, the the cost of the minimum wage is is the mandates on the restaurants and on the businesses that are trying to comply with this. The vast majority of minimum wage workers are my, my wife makes minimum wage and the vast majority are people like her, which is they're a second or third income in that household. They're they're a spouse that's just trying to that's working part time. They're a, a college student or a high school student that is in a household that is well above minimum wage. Most minimum wage earners in fact um, are in higher income households. I think people don't realize that they don't realize what a small part of the economy this is. And when you do hike the minimum wage, you actually are businesses are uh, there's a cost to that, which is which is more lost jobs. And the people who are laid off are precisely the people we want to help. It is the the single mom um, that is less educated. It is the high school student. It is people trying to get their first jobs because, you know, to your point those businesses are less likely to take a risk on employers like that, whereas they might keep someone on like my wife who has a bachelor's degree and, and, and it is more reliable and has been in the workforce for a while. So I always just worry about this issue because it, it is exactly harming the people that we should want to help here in the economy.
1: Yeah, I don't think I could have said it better or agreed more. And I think it's even more obvious and compelling when you get to the server side, which is such an issue where where labor and management are aligned mm-hmm. in in a belief that this system works pretty darn well right now. They all want customers. Uh, they want mm-hmm. customers
2: in the door. Yep.
1: And they like being individual entrepreneurs. They make mm-hmm. better money uh, the better that they are at their job, and it, and it shows. And it's why it's so easy. It's fascinating to me. This uh, This group on the other side that's been trying to eliminate the tip credit in Michigan for a decade has spent... Uh, close to $10 million in, in, in several attempts, and there's no grassroots that are there behind them to say this is the change we need. It doesn't exist. Those are fake grassroots in Michigan, but all we have to do is talk about this issue, and servers are coming out of the woodwork to say this is insane. I I love this process. I love the flexibility. I love the money I'm making. Why would we change this system to make sure that I make less money and by the way, forty to 60,000 servers probably lose their job for the exact reason that you referenced, that the, the, the overhead to the employer is so dramatic that they have to change their business model, and they wouldn't employ servers to the same degree. That's bad for the customer. It's obviously bad for the many people making great money as servers right now. And so, Tell me what problem we're trying to fix.
2: Yeah, and there, there, there have been studies on this, and, and one of the key studies on hiking the minimum wage that dramatically is it is not a redistribution of income from wealthy corporations or something down to people. It's a redistribution of money within the employers uh, and their customers. So customers paying higher prices and then also taking the money that previously was as tips for those servers um, getting rid of the tip system altogether and kind of redistributing the money among the workers where some people are better off and then a lot of people are worse off. And that's not really how we're being sold um, the minimum wage issue as you know, we're just taking money from rich corporations and giving it to to the working poor or something along those lines. That's just not really how it works. That's not what's happening.
0: No, and you also have to – most people don't understand this, but as, but business owners would – the businesses pay taxes in addition to your taxes on your wages, right? They pay a payroll tax to match what you're paying effectively. When your wage goes up, their taxes go up independent of how much you're paying in tax, too. So it's an added cost layer on top of even that mm-hmm. when you raise the wages uh, uh, mandatorily. And you like make it that. up in some way, which is yeah. often fewer workers. Yeah, or raising prices. And we already are dealing with with you know, rising prices uh, in the restaurant industry as well as food's gone up so much. Um, yeah. Justin, I, 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 well, first, if you've got any thoughts or comments on, on our exchange there.
1: <laughs> no, that's exactly right. There's a few states, there's only a handful of states that don't operate with this, this separate tip credit, mm-hmm. and they operate mm-hmm. in their restaurants uh, with fewer, fewer employees. Uh, and much higher prices uh, than you see here, and I, I think again because we're coming out of the pandemic with such high inflation in the way in the wake of that, restaurateurs have already had to take pretty substantial price increases over the last year and a half to try to have to grow on even more, I don't. I, I think at some point you're going to see consumer revolts, and that's bad for, for everyone involved in this industry as well.
0: Yeah. I want to go back to the sort of constitutional question, which is where we started about this minimum wage court case. And the thing that I'm sort of confused about, or maybe I shouldn't be confused about, but th- the argument that, that this should be what was put on the ballot and passed by the legislature is so interesting to me because it's based on the, the idea that, that the people— have decided this independent of the legislature and the people are, are the people who, you know, that that's what the Constitution empowers is the people. This never made it on the ballot. The people never voted for this. And we don't even know whether they would have voted for this. Is that a fair argument that's being made?
1: yeah I think you're you're talking about a couple hundred thousand people that signed something of which they are not exactly clear in what they signed to begin with not not anywhere near a a vote of the majority of the people. So what you did have though is the legislature who is elected by uh, large swaths of the population across the state, uh, and they are also held accountable if you didn't like what that they did uh, and and, and, our, and had the opportunity to be voted out of office or a referendum on this legislation could have been passed as well. So constitutionally, there are options for them. They just weren't pursued and because I just don't think there's an outcry here. Mm-hmm.
0: Justin Winslow, we got to leave it there with the Michigan Restaurant and Lodging Association. So appreciate your time today coming on chatting about the minimum wage. Thanks, Justin.
1: Anytime. Thank you, guys.
0: Thank you. And we'll be back with more of the Mackinac, Michigan show here on
1: WJR.